everybody. This is The Simpson Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. This episode is a deep study on the lack of fulfillment that comes from not having siblings. I'm just kidding. Bart steals a kid. He doesn't steal it. The kid follows him home. The okay. kid follows him home. Yeah, it's the way different. Kids do. It's different. Okay. This episode's not perfect, okay, Matt, but it's better than last week. It's better than a lot of stuff in the past, you know, 10 years of Simpsons. <laughs> That's and like really like I think that is my my new that is my new ex, like level. OK, is this episode better than the last one we watched? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, then I won't get too upset. Um, at least. All right. Yeah. That, we're going up, not down. That's all I'm like. If it's worse then I might. I if it was worse than last week, last week was pretty bad. I would be upset, but it's better. Is it a lot better? Mm, hard to say. Um, hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson show for only $2 a month. You can get access to all of our bonus podcasts for $5 a month. You can get access to that and much, 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 much more. It's the best deal in podcasting. I say it every week. Uh, please go support us if you haven't already. Um, it's the best place to, 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 see everything we do yeah this week's episode is oh brother where bart thou episode m-a-b-f-o-1 originally aired december 13th 2009 written by matt selman directed by Stephen dean moore so this is the first of the new production run season the proper season 21 production run is written by matt selman so there's two potential good potentials right there matt when you just go in cold you know it's gonna new production run so maybe they'll be changing things a little bit and Matt Selman. Matt Selman, in the latter years of The Simpsons, more hits than misses, I will say. Yeah. More hits than misses. S- still misses, though. There are still definite misses. So I'm not... Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's not bad in 1,000, that's for sure. Um, this episode received a 3.8 rating with 7 million viewers. The couch gag, the living room furniture is dancing disco music until The Simpsons come in and Homer yells, Hey, the furniture returns to normal. And The Simpsons sit on the couch without incident. Um... It's fine. It's a little feels I for what it is for like that crazy description. It's, it feels kind of boring. I don't know. They didn't. It doesn't feel very flashy the way they. I don't know. Um, it doesn't. It's missing like a comedic beat. I don't know what it is. Um, this episode guest stars a long list: um, Peyton Manning as himself, Eli Manning as himself, Cooper Manning as himself. The Smothers Brothers, as themselves, Kim Cattrall. Wait, those are real people? I thought that was fake. Who are the Smothers Brothers? Oh, my God, Matt. Okay, we need, we're going to have this history lesson. when It'll come up, and we'll have a little history lesson, okay? All right? Okay. Also, right. is Hugh Hauser a real person? Okay, Matt. What? <laughs> okay. Let me finish this. Then we'll start to multiple history lessons, I suppose. Uh, Kim, okay. Kim Cattrall as the fourth Simpson child in a brief Sex of the City parody. Hugh Hauser as himself, who, yes, he is a real person. And then finally, Jordan Nagai as Charlie. Now, Matt, do you know who Jordan Nagai is? I don't know. He's been in literally only one other thing. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. But he gets called out, I guess. Huh? Well, you'll know the thing right away. It's a very famous movie. It's a very good movie. Oh. It is Up. Oh, Okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay, yep. I know exactly who that is, and yes, more, please. 
Well, I'm very sorry. Jordan Nagai uh, is not an actor anymore. The ble- his only appearances are in Up and this, and that is wow. It. He has went on and he's living a normal life. I believe he's in he's grad just he just graduated from college. Um, but yeah, Jordan Nagai is best known for his role as Russell in Up. Um, but as the only thing he's done plus this this appearance on The Simpsons. And to be fair, hey man, if you're gonna, I guess he's he's also appeared in the Up video game. And in the Doug, like television show. Oh Lord, Doug days. So, but I think they use his previous recording. They, they didn't bring him in for new recordings, so I'm not going to quite count that. But you know what I mean. For like film and television, it's basically just Up and and The Simpsons, which is you know. And now he's a black belt in judo and a college graduate and like speaks a bunch of language. I don't know. He's, I read it. I was like, curious. I, I went to a rabbit hole on Jordan, the guy that's, he's just like, yeah, I don't really want it to act. So I just, I'm going to, he's in medicine now or something, um, which is pretty oh, interesting. Geez. What is he going to help humanity or something? <laughs> I know. Instead of just being medicine. an actor to help humanity do entertainment. Obviously that's uh, way better. Yeah, obviously. Um, the episode begins with under the rapper with Huel Hauser, uh, where Huel Hauser is hosting this weird. Sh- Huel Hauser is a real person, Matt. Okay, and this is all I looked this stuff up. I did not know this because Huel Hauser is, I think, a California celebrity. I, I'm pretty sure that uh. the writers included him, be- and he's been in The Simpsons before. And I think we've had this very same conversation before. Um, but he is. We have to now that I think about he it. He is a California celebrity. He hosted shows like this, you know, where he goes around to businesses and 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 talks about how they work and the things they make and all that kinds of stuff. Um, this, but I will also say that this whole segment, because the episode starts with Hugh Hauser on TV, because Lisa and Homer are watching television, and we get them. Uh, go watching the show and turning the channel back and forth because they're about to kill horses to make gelatin for the candy. And so they're watching a TV award show, which is bad. And then they have a blizzard kicks in. Um, all of this is a tremendous waste of time. It is not funny. Um, and I think it is one of the two, my two big complaints about the episode is that this, the a plot desperately needs more time because it has potential it doesn't get the time it needs, and so it kind of whimpers at the end, if that sounds familiar. Mm. It, yeah. Weird how that always seems to happen. It seems to happen a lot lately. But if you had, there's, it, this is t- at least a minute, or, it's two minutes until the, the A plot starts. And, it, and like, sh- that's not that bad, considering how bad it has been. Like, you know, you don't get to a plot till eight minutes into an episode, but those two minutes are. This weird Hugh Hauser bits work better. Hugh Hauser bits and about TV award show like weird dates, you know Emmy and like Golden Globes and or Emmy awards, something like that. Jokes about that, and it's not. And then and then wrapping into like Lisa and Homer arguing about climate change, and all of it kind of feels aimless and pointless, and it's not really funny. It's not terrible. Like I, I'm so in, we're so inured and desensitized to like the worst of the Simpsons quote unquote jokes. This isn't that bad. It's just strange. And I don't get any of the references to Hugh Hauser because I'm not f- from California. Um, but when I, you can des- definitely see the a plot, it needed more development. And these two minutes could have easily gone to that. You could have easily just started with a blizzard. You have Kent Brockman reporting a blizzard rolls into Springfield and that's it, you know, and w- then we kick it off. But so we got all this junk 
And then we get finally to the A-plot, where at least the start of the A-plot, because it, it, this is a Bart episode. And I'll say that it is largely, it is a Bart episode. There's very little Homer in it, aside from here at the beginning. Thank goodness. Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness. It is a Bart, Bart plot and largely stays focused on Bart. There's some Lisa in there, in, as much as she needs to be, though. Otherwise, it stays on topic. Um, and we have Bart here, listening to the radio, learning to see if his school has been canceled. Ugh. Oh, look how the snow glistens on the tiniest branches. Yeah, yeah, miracles are all around us. Now, please, I am trying to hear the school closings. The following schools are closed. Springfield High School, Springfield Middle School, Springfield L. <gasps> Excelente Spanish Language School. No. Springfield Element <gasps> All Center for Periodic Table Studies. No. Springfield Elementary School. <gasps> Ma Diving Academy. Oh, for crying out loud. And of course, Springfield Elementary is closed. We were just messing with Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one. Springfield L. Bo Macaroni Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Skinner, what factory makes just one kind of pasta? Uh, well, uh, I just thought uh, specialization being the wave of the future. Uh, probably, uh... Snow Day! I'm sure there's a pasta factory out there somewhere that just makes elbow macaroni. Because elbow macaroni, at least in America, is far more popular than the other varieties. So I can see one whole facility being dedicated to that. I, there's two halves of me. There's two wolves inside, man. Um, <laughs> and one is there's, there's a, like, especially early in the episode, like here, um, where it's, it's just starting to get going. We haven't quite gotten to, you know, brother, sisters, Bart wanting a brother and Charlie and all that stuff. It takes a while to get there. And there's a part of me is like, you need to get to it faster. You need to introduce Charlie faster and all that. But there's also part of me that kind of likes the slower, like, it makes me think of early, like, season two. So season, you not season one, really, but season two, Simpsons, really. See, that's why if I, like, had to pinpoint it, like, obviously, the, the there's, you know, it. I like the whole episode takes place with winter. Like, it's snowing, and everyone is always wearing, is wearing snow gear the entire time, and they're, like, jackets and stuff. I really like that. We get to see all, every character has a different character design than normal. Like, they're all, like... We get to see a lot of school kids. We see the bullies. And that this kind of whole area where Bart's learning that he wants a brother and then developing that idea until it finally gets to Charlie, it is slow and maybe for the plot to work needs to get there faster. But also I like the little bit. It's like it's making – it makes me feel the character of Springfield. It makes me feel like the fact that he's listening to the radio and waiting to hear – if school is canceled, even though by 2009, you can just go on the internet uh, and it will tell you <laughs> they were doing it by then because I was literally look, I, I would check the internet for my high school on when there was hurricanes and that was in 2004. But um, the general feeling of like, you know, Bart having, having to endure a snow, like a blizzard going on and the radio, it, it makes it feel cozier. It makes it feel closer to, what I think of as the Simpsons so that I'm torn if it's bad. I don't think it's necessarily bad because I think you can still make it work even with this kind of slower pace stuff at times. Um, speaking of the snow, the snow is a sentient force and it wants Bart to stay inside. <laughs> oh God. 
I think that's the dumbest thing in this episode, and this episode has quite a few dumb things in it. I think it's fine. You know, I think that's it. Like, I don't, you know, it the, the wind just blows Bart back in, back in, back in. He keeps trying to leave the house. So, and it's okay. Um, he's playing a video game, but then the power goes out, and everything Bart loves uses electricity. So, no video games, no TV, no DVDs of Itchy and Scratchy. There's a... And this is the extended bit where he's just rubbing a balloon on his head to get static electricity that theoretically powers his DVD player for half a second. And it's and this is quite another extended bit. It's me when I'm like, maybe this is where you start cutting your losses. You know, you start going like, okay, we don't need 30 seconds of BART powering a DVD player with static electricity. Because you could use also, that. We, uh, we're going to get to this, but we don't need you know a minute and a half of Homer saying stupid things about climate change. Well, that's, I mean, that was in the beginning. That's what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, Matt. That's what I was saying. Those oh, yeah. two, those I'm, two I'm agreeing with you. I'm just I'm reiterating. Yes, it's that. It's, it's, and it's like, and I think it's more noticeable in episodes where there's potential in the plot and you see that, you can see the potential coming through and you're like, oh, this, why did they spend 30 seconds? And like, and you're like, you could say it's, oh, it's only 30 seconds, but that adds up. You do 30 seconds here, 10 seconds here, a minute here. And suddenly you have two minutes to play with, three minutes to play with, that you can add more development of Bart getting closer to Charlie. Or, you know, Bart, you can develop that plot a little bit more. And it's not like these jokes are killer. Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, it. it's not terrible, I guess, is the best thing I can say about these things. But that's not, that's not really, that's not like a, a, a like a incredible endorsement. Um, but. I do love the next stuff after this. And this is like this. There's this part of here, like in this episode, right about here through close to the end that I think is really good at times. Even Um, it's a lot of fun um, because we have Bart basically at the end of his rope. He's like, the power is out. He's bored and he doesn't know what to do. And finally he caves. We see Lisa and Maggie having like this fun, fake fashion show. With Maggie dressed up on the, this little fake runway, and I just find it so charming. It's so much. It's so sweet. They're just playing. It's fun. Yeah, they're just playing in the kind of way that kids would have played, you know, before electronics were a thing. Right, and there's no power, so they're forced to, and that's like it's it's very cute. And seeing Bart like come in and go like, "Can I play with you?" is so like it's there is a, like a sweetness to it, and I think it. This is the scene that kind of sells. The, the potential of this episode to me. Um, and this is Bart playing this little fashion show with Lisa and Maggie. When Maggie's nightlight goes out, her onesie becomes a funsy. This announcer has never seen diapers so dapper. What do you want? I want to play with you guys. Fine. Get this on in two minutes, lose the attitude, and for God's sake, suck in that pooch. Go, go, go! And now, making his debut on the catwalk, Bartholomew. Belt is by Twizzler. Vest, courtesy of Nelson. Tights are by Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty? I thought they were Spider-Man heads. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> oh, stupid shoes over tights. Why did I want to play with a couple of lame old girls? Because you envy us. Maggie and I share the deepest bond there is. Sisterhood. We'll be closer than best friends for the rest of our lives. But you'll never know what that's like. Because you won't ever have a brother. I don't need a brother. I'm a badass loner like Wolverine who leaves whenever people beg him not to leave. 
I don't think Bart quite understands Wolverine's uh, particular. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, I mean, he to be very clear, he says that, and there's a like there's an element of truth to that, and you, I can understand how a ten year old boy sees that, and that's how what he, yeah. he like he sees Wolverine is like, oh, he's Wolverine's cool, because I was that boy. I thought Wolverine was cool too when I was ten. He's awesome. I mean, I like Wolverine now still, but it's for diff- totally different reasons. But well, yeah, I mean, I think it's. More reasons, because Wolverine's still awesome because he has a healing factor and he has metal claws and he, you know, chops people into pieces and stuff. But Bart is also leaving their little play party with the Hello Kitty pants around his ankles, like forced to like penguin walk. (laughs) And Lisa's not asking him to stay. Lisa's laughing at him. So it's a very different dynamic. And I think that that contrast is, is good to me. Um, and like, there's a lot of. I think this element, this episode does. The, I'll, I'm gonna try and focus on the good things, because uh, the good bad things are coming. Um, it is it it. All the kids feel like kids in this whole episode. They don't. They're not just the voice of the writers, right? Which oftentimes happens with, uh, especially Lisa. It feels like they are. You know, uh, basically parodying what the writers actually believe. In this case, no, you're right. It, it's Bart, Maggie, and Lisa acting like kids. I mean, Maggie, at, at one point, Bart is saying, and later on in the episode, Bart is saying how much he doesn't like Maggie. Maggie's just like, I love you. Like, she doesn't say it, but, you know, that's, that's the way her, you know, actions play out. It's, that's what a kid would do. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I like that. Um, and I think because of that and the very diminished Homer in it, um, because as as much as I like how they write the kids in this, Homer is still just, again, another child. He's not a, a father yeah. at all, not even a little bit. Um, and that's another, that, and like, it's one of the things that sticks out when I think, oh, this feels like, there's a lot of this that feels like a season two, season three, like at season seven this episode. Then you look at Homer and you go back and watch those episodes. And we talked about this uh, for some of our bonus Patreon episodes. Like, Homer, despite the fact he was a like sometimes a flawed father who messed up a lot, he was still a dad. He was still an adult man. And this, in this, he's just like, oh, he's just a. And like, there's a part of there's a scene in here in particular, Matt, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on that Homer feels like that Homer, and then they quickly abandon it. Um. So then, this is the introduction to oh, Bart's never gonna have a brother. You know, he's never gonna have that sisterly bond. Um. And in like th- that is not a bad idea for an episode of Bart wanting a brother and what can he do and how can he find that? Um, so I go, oh yeah, that's reasonable. You know, that's a reason. And there's no, there's no real B plot in this, which is another plus. It's just the A plot. There's no B plot stealing time from things. Um, Homer, when Homer, Bart, my brain's short circuiting. Bart is now that I think he wasn't thinking about this at all, but then Lisa has kind of inserted this into his brain. He, and, and now he can't help but think about it and he can't help but think about it so much that he starts dreaming about it and has a dream about all the famous brothers, including the Smothers brothers. Boy, the cabbage down, boys turn that hope kick ground. Only song I ever did sing, boy, the cabbage down. Why'd you stop? I, I, I just, I just wanted to say something. What? Dick. Yes. You, you're my brother, and <clears throat> I love you. Well, I love you too, Tom. Thank you very much. But if you hadn't fought CBS, they would never have fired us from our show. Oh, the, uh, they, they didn't fire us, Dick. They didn't? We quit. We did not quit. They fired us. 
You you were fired. They, they fired us from the show. No, they fired you. They didn't fire me. Why wouldn't they fire you? Because they can't fire the yo-yo master. And here is Shoot the Moon. I'm so cool. Now look what you've done. Bart was having a perfectly nice dream about brothers, and you ruined it. Yeah? Well, <laughs> boil that cabbage. Boil, 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 boil it down. Oh, my God. I want a brother. You could have mine, but he's kind of an idiot. No! Oh. <laughs> I, I really do like that singer from Lisa. I did too. I I, I, I was kind of not paying attention because I was uh, like he was. Uh, whenever there's a dream sequence, I kind of I drift off a little bit. But that was fantastic to the point where I, I had to go back and watch it again to, to appreciate it. I mean, I, it, okay, Matt. Okay, okay. You are are I'm. This is a serious question. Did you really not know that the Smothers Brothers are real people? I have never heard that before ever. You did the Smothers Brothers. Okay, well, first of all, my first question is, did you not recognize that every single other pair of brothers or trio of brothers in the dream were real people? Sorry, I shouldn't say I did not realize that they were still alive. I thought that they were like the Wright brothers were from the past or something from like the 50s or something like that. From the 50s. Yeah, the Wright brothers from the 50s. No, I'm saying like, I thought the, the Smothers Brothers mentioned CBS. So I'm like, oh, there's some act that was on TV in like the early days of TV. Well, OK. Smothers, you know yeah, I mean. Well, first of all, yeah, they are still alive. They're they're old. Uh, they've announced a tour. But as far as I can tell, the tour is not happening because I would actually they've been toured for a long decades. And if they if I had a chance to see the Smothers Brothers before they die, which is certainly a possibility, they're both in their 80s at this point. Um I would like to do that if it doesn't cost $600 a ticket, which it might, because the only other people who want to probably see them are boomers and old people. Um, but some other brothers were a variety. They were, a, they are real brothers. They, they played music much like that on a variety show in the late sixties, but, and, and did comedy bits much like that, where they would start playing a song and they, they, they would do a little bit of comedy bit where they heckle each other a little bit. You know, they do some brotherly fighting, um, and then they get back to a song. But their variety show at the time was canceled. It was canceled by CBS because it was too transgressive because they often had um, musical acts and comedy acts appear who were anti-war or pro-civil rights, you know, things like that. And they had m many of them appear. And uh, CBS eventually, the, they, they, they canceled the show because they didn't want to deal with it anymore. But Smothers Brothers, Smothers Brothers are very funny. Uh, still, I still appreciate their. I don't. I think it is sort of timeless humor in a lot of cases. It's worth tracking down some clips and watching them for anyone out there who's never watched the Smothers Brothers. It's. I, I don't know. I, I I appreciate them the same way I appreciate Dick Van Dyke. Man, you'd like the Smothers Brothers. Almost certainly, but well, now I know that they were a thing and where to find them. Essentially, they're they're. I really hope that they're okay. And they those shows have been canceled because they're one of the, one of their two, both of them are sick or something. Because that'd be very, I'd be sad. Um, but we get this long sequence where we see the. I did not include the clip from the Mannings. My God, thank uh, God. I don't see the including Cooper. Like, why do you pull? Who cares? 
Are we? We're really pulling in Cooper Manning at this point. I know the Manning brothers now have like that whole NFL broadcast, and like, yeah, they're talking about football most of the time. I, they're they know a lot about that. I don't need them in this to be them. Like, what? They don't need to be here. Whatever. Um, that's where we end the first act at eight minutes and seven seconds. And when we come back, uh, Bart has we've essentially kicked off the a plot because now uh, Bart has a goal. What's something he's working towards? He wants a little brother. So he does what kids always do. Uh, he goes to Homer and asks him, hey, give me a little brother. Dad, I want a baby brother. <laughs> Son, I love you kids, but I'm only going to the hospital one more time in my life, and I ain't coming out. Lisa got a sister. Why can't you have another boy? Girls are easy. Girls love daddy. Girls make birthday cards with glitter on them. Girls can marry a hockey player and get me seats to hockey games. Girls don't steal my knife. And I don't have to tell girls how their bodies work, because I don't know. You never told me how my body works. Point and shoot. I mean, he's not wrong. There's the other stuff Bart will need to know in about 30 years. But until then, that's pretty much, you know, how it works. I mean, this and this is the scene I was talking about, Matt. I'm glad you pulled the clip. Because this feels like early Simpsons Homer to me. Where he's just like being honest with his son while they're doing chores together. Right. It's not Homer just sitting somewhere and make and acting like a child. Like we've seen every basically every other scene in this episode with Homer. He just is somewhere <laughs> acting like a child. This is like, no, he's doing a chore, uh Homer and Bart's helping, and he's giving Bart like sort of funny answers to a real question. Like, hey, can I want a brother? And Homer's like, nah, I ain't happening, man. <laughs> I'm not. We're not having more, uh, you know. And like, it, and I think it, it's done very well. But also, the rest of the time, every other scene with Homer in it. Well, I don't know. Maybe the scene next, the next, the dinner scene with Marge, and maybe that's okay. That's true. That's that's generally uh, Homer acting as a normal human would. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's something at least. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, yes, we then cut to a South Park parody, uh, lightning fast in terms of turnaround. It's only been <laughs> 10 years. What, 13 literally, years? Literally a, over, a, I mean, it's based of sort of a basically a decade since, like, I think of South Park, like, 99, 80, 98, 99 is when South Park got big, so. Um, and what, up, what year is this episode this from? This is 2000, this is li- December 2009, we're almost to 2010, so. Okay, so yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Ten years, just a uh, decade. It, nothing, nothing important happens except for uh, Ralph in Kenny's uh, sweater or hoodie, whatever gets run over by Otto. <sighs> it's not moving it, on. It, it's not worth it, man. Is, this is not the, no. The, the, to take again. This is one of those bits where you're like, are, we're doing South Park parodies a decade later. Like, why? If it was a year after South Park came out and you're doing South Park, a, a nod to it. Okay, but. This is 10 years later, man. Like, why? Like, what is this? Like, everyone did the South Park parodies. You're way late to the party, man. You're you're way late to the party. And like you said, it it detracts from the actual story. I feel like a Simpsons episode should go, hey, let's make sure the story is rock solid. And then we can kind of fill in jokes like the Hugh Hauser thing or the uh, climate change thing on this. Like, don't do those until you're sure that your story is 100 percent which this one is not. It's like 85%. But moving on, we'll get to that at the end. So Bart cooks Homer and Marge a romantic dinner. Uh, It looks really good. It's super fancy. How Bart managed to do this all at 10 years old, I don't know. I can't imagine a 10-year-old making this. Uh, But Homer and Marge finish dinner and have the age-old dilemma. 
dessert or sex? Because at this point, they're full, but they're not like dying full. But then Bart brings out, I believe it's a raspberry tart of some kind. And they have to ask themselves, do we want to have dessert or do we want to have sex? And they come to the conclusion that they can do both. And they learn, as everyone throughout history has learned, no, you have to pick. You can't do both. And unfortunately for them, that means they pick dessert. Bart continues in this vein. Uh, he gets a DVD of the Kama Sutra from Millhouse, because apparently Millhouse's parents have used it. Uh, but unfortunately, when Homer and Marge attempt to uh, engage in these activities, they are not flexible enough. Uh, apparently, it's the it, it's the disc three. It's the advanced positions uh, and get hurt. Uh, we see them in the next scene with neck braces and uh, all kinds of supports because they have hurt themselves and can't uh, move anymore. Homer even asked for his Vicodin and eggs. <laughs> Everyone's like I, this is like the stuff where this is I don't mind that I like I think this is actually like this is I think barely meets that standard of like is this funny enough to keep when it's not really yes. advancing the plot but because uh, you don't need this it is just you know it is Bart trying to get a brother and you've already kind of settled it they're not going to have a brother you know they're not going to have a kid because right. of Marge's birth control and that you don't really again this is another scene you don't need it is a is this funny enough to keep kind of question and I and I like it it's relatable it is like is once you're in you're in a relationship long enough and you have you go out to eat and you're like oh I don't want to do anything but lay down <laughs> and you like very relatable especially the people who are watching the Simpsons at this point because they were definitely older yes exactly but it doesn't does it like would I cut it if it meant I'd get more plot resolution? Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah. So, uh, well, like we said, unfortunately for Bart, this does not work. Uh, so Bart goes for the the best source of knowledge he can think of, the bullies. What do you want, Simpson? Can't you see we're busy hawking lugs? <laughs> nice lug! Wish I'd hawk that. Look, I want a baby brother, but I can't get my parents to do it. Here's the thing, Simpson. No matter how dead their relationship seems, all parents eventually commit the heinous act of love. Mine do it once a year on the magical day when the prison and the insane asylum have their annual mixer. What you've got to worry about is the pill. The pill? What's that? It's medicine doctors give moms to keep babies up in heaven. Well, I need a baby now, and I'm not getting any younger. Then get rid of the pills. Got it. How can I thank you? Yeah, I cut out the section uh, where they talk about how Dolph has uh, well, essentially carpal tunnel for bullies. Uh, it, it's not really that funny. I would also point out that I could have done without the joke with the prison and insane asylums uh, mixer. Because at this point, all the insane asylums had been shut down. And all the people who need desperately needed uh, mental, help, uh, mental health assistance had been released to the streets. So, you know. That's, I mean, that's not – there are still some um... – medical health i mean mental health facilities yeah. out there but hopefully they, they don't uh, call them insane asylums i it's fine this is fine matt like this is not the this is like yeah. this is a this advances plot this advances story i i actually liked a little bit of like oh i can't give you a wedgie i have carpal effectively uh nurple nurple tunnel carpal nurple, and carpal nurple yeah something like that and I don't know. It, the bullies are all. I'm gonna like describing the scene. The bullies are on their winter gear and they're kind of just sitting and being like, they're not. Bart goes to them, you know, and finds them, and they're just kind of being kids, teenagers, for what they are, and like they're just hawking loogies, that kind of thing, and they're all in their winter gear. It makes it again. 
there is a sense of like a place, a sense of Springfield in this and a sense of like, oh, this is a place where people live. And this is, there's not, there's more like when I, I, met, I use the word connective tissue a lot uh, to describe things missing in a lot of the latter year Simpsons. Like there's not connective tissue. Well, yeah, like this, this shows a lot of forethought into what's going on in this episode, because like you said, the bullies are all in their winter gear because, yes, there was a blizzard earlier in this episode and it hasn't been that long. So it makes sense that they would not be dressed in their normal stuff. And that's the kind of little uh, detail, the connective tissue, as you put it, that is missing in a lot of these later year Simpsons episodes. And I think they really went down in the Scully years. Uh, and haven't returned for you know the six or so years since then, um, but I think start to come back a little more uh, in the the season the twenties seasons and are getting a lot better today even. It, and it's not just like oh a scene that exists to connect the dots from A to B. It is things like this, the world building, the all the characters feeling like they have they live they have lived lives where when they're not on on screen you still imagine them out there. And that's in this in scenes like this kind of help propagate that where you're like, Oh, he just checks in with the bullies and the bullies tell him to do this stuff. And he's like, what do you, and you know, and Bart doesn't know what birth control is. And I like Nelson's line about, yeah, it keeps babies in heaven because that is the stupid thing. Nelson would say <laughs> that was a Kearney, but yeah. Oh, was it Kearney? Oh, I apologize. It was Kearney. Yeah. Nelson comes back later in a much worse thing then. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to Nelson, <sighs> unfortunately. If we remember, because I didn't put any notes about it. Oh, I remember, no Matt. It's one of my... I'll, don't worry about it. I got it Yeah, okay. lodged up here. So, <laughs> all right. So, as we said, uh, Bart goes to the bullies for help. So, we then get a scene where Bart begins to replace uh, Marge's birth control with Tic Tacs. And this takes a surprising amount of time. There's probably a good minute showing him doing this with no one talking, which seems excessive but you know sure whatever uh but it's followed up by what i feel is a really good scene overall it goes a bit long uh but i actually really appreciate uh, bart's conversation with march here bart simpson tactics bart you've always been a handful but you've never interfered with my reproductive freedom why now i just wanted a baby brother but Dad said I was one Uday who didn't need a Kusei. I just wanted what Lisa and Maggie have. Oh, Barty, I'm sorry. But your father and I think that three kids is just perfect. What about what I want? I'd help you take care of them. Remember those hamsters you were going to take care of? Oh, my God, the hamsters! And even if we did have another baby, it might not be a boy. It might be another sister. Another sister? How could you possibly need all these clothes? Shopping. It's the most fun you could have standing up. Hey, you didn't see what I cooked up in the galley of my last flight to London. They don't call it Virgin Airlines anymore. <laughs> You're right. I can't risk another girl. Use whatever birth control you want. It's your body. That's right. It is. So, yes, I could probably do without Kim Cattrall and the Sex of the City thing, uh, but I do appreciate the part. At the very least, says, oh, you're right. It's your body. Do what you want. That's at least in the right direction. I mean, I think that this scene is, like, if we're playing the keep it or cut it scene, like, question, like, yeah, keep this because it is 
it's still about the fundamental question of Bart wanting a brother. And you see this raw emotion here. Uh, Nancy Curry does a good job uh, putting that emotion here. And she's trying her best, I think, is really the answer. Yes. It's like she's trying to infuse as much emotion into this as, as she can. And they just don't give enough of it. There's not enough of not really here. This is getting I think this is enough development here where, you know, Bart is going through all the ways he could potentially get a brother. And then finally, just finally gives up and goes to an orphanage. And this scene in particular, you're right. I think it is like I think it's interesting, you know, that you go to Homer and Homer's like, no way, man, I, we're not going to, I'm not, we're not having a fourth kid and they're doing a chore. And in this case, he's having this discussion with Marge and it's kind of closer to that Bart Marge, you know, I don't know, prototypical relationship where it's about closer to feelings, you know, and I think it feels right. And I like Marge's, the edge she has in this, which isn't, it's not just, Naggy for no reason, Marge. It is Marge. You know, she should be upset a little bit, you know? Well, yeah, because Bart is basically trying to essentially force her to have a child against her will. <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to put this episode on the air today. Uh, but, yeah, Marge It'd be is fine. very upset with Bart. It'd be fine, Matt. This is the, this is, they would do this. This isn't that bad. Mm, we'll see. They've had, anyway. They've had so, more. Oh, this, oh, come on. Disney? Disney might, but I don't know. Disney is very beholden to shareholders these days. I mean, you saw what happened in Florida with, uh, you know, the nothing happened well, in Florida, s- Matt. A lot of hullabaloo that got blown over. The almighty dollar wins in all situations, and Disney is too, too rich. Yeah. Do you say so? Anyway, uh, one thing that happens in this clip that we have ignored until now is that Nelson picks up Marge's birth control and takes a whole bunch of them because he thinks they're Tic Tacs. That's when we come back. I... Once we we can talk about it here because it happens. We see multiple comebacks here. Um, okay, there's multiple callbacks to this where Nelson starts acting more emotionally, kind of off the rails emotionally, um, very clearly alluding to the fact that he starts taking birth control and so he starts acting like a girl. Ha ha! ha. And this is such a hacky joke. Like the rest of the jokes, there's some other jokes in this episode I don't think are funny, but I don't mind them. They're fine, right? Not every joke is for you. That's fine. But this is just hack city. Like, oh my god, he's taking birth. It's like like a '90s Eddie Murphy comedy. Like what? Like what is this? Like oh, he's taking birth control, so he starts acting like a girl, or what they write as a girl. It's just so stupid. Um, and it happens multiple times in the episode. They keep coming back to it, and it's never funny. It's gross. Uh, and it's definitely the low point of the episode for me. Above, like, yeah, the plot doesn't develop all the way, and kind of they missing, they're missing some stuff with Charlie here and there, but this stuff is just like, there's no excuse for it. You don't need to do this. Nope, but they do it anyway. Yep. Uh, so don't worry, this act is almost over. Uh, Bart after this goes to an adoption agency, he's stopped. Uh, he basically said that, no, I'm not going to you know, worry about home and margin having a kid. I'm just going to go get one right now. Thankfully, uh, after he tries to, you know, bluff his way into a little brother, uh, with the adoption agency, they kick him out. Uh, but one of the children playing in the yard, hears Bart's dilemma and decides to follow him home. So when the middle, in the middle of the night, uh, Bart is basically, uh, whipped creamed in the face and wakes up to discover a, a younger boy on top of him in his bed 
And that's where we end the act. Yes. 14 minutes and 35 seconds in. So it is two-thirds of the way through an episode, basically, total runtime, where we are introduced to Charlie. Now, I'm not going to say seven minutes. You can't do it in seven minutes, effectively, or six, really, six and change. But it's really hard to do it in six minutes, which is why we've been so such a stickler on time and length of these segments and length they've been contributing right. to jokes. If you cut three minutes from the first and second acts from what they have and gave it instead to time with Charlie and Bart, I think this episode would be a good episode because it would develop it more. And we get closer to Charlie and closer to why Bart is so attached to Charlie and why he likes having a brother around and all that stuff. But it doesn't. It's just they don't give it enough time. So it's at this point where Bart, where Charlie's just like, yeah, I followed, followed you home. Um, and they start to kind of bond together. Um, they start talking about, you know, what they like, what they don't like, and, and life in the orphanage. And, like, I don't know, there's some humanity to Charlie, where Charlie's like, they only adopt babies. You know, I don't get adopted. But it, we needed more of this. We just don't get a good chance to know, to, like, learn to know Charlie. We don't really get a backstory on him. Like, what happened to his parents? How did his parents die? Why is he an orphanage? And, like, yeah, it's more... It doesn't but, matter. It, but it I like it helps me know... Like his situation, and you want to feel sorry. You like you feel sorry for the kid already because Jordan, the guy, is is good at playing that kind of earnest child. You saw it in Up, and it's effectively oh, yeah. it's effectively the same thing where you just like you just start caring for him because he is so earnest about everything. But they don't give us any of this. It's just he's kind of a prop for Bart to carry around and literally carry around because Bart starts showing Charlie <laughs> around the town. Dad, this is Charlie, my new, um, best friend. Hello, sir. You're gonna be seeing a lot of him around the house. Well, welcome, Charlie. Nice to meet you. No glasses. Way to go. This one's a keeper. Yo, check out my brother, Charlie. Brother? What are you talking about? How come I've never seen him before? Uh, he was born with two noses, and we hid him away till we could afford to cut one off. Oh, oh yeah. two oh, yeah. noses. You deserve a brother, Bart. You deserve good things. So more than Nelson garbage. Um, what were you going to say about I was going to say that it feels like what this episode should have been about rather than Bart going through all of the rigmarole to get uh, a baby brother is to have him get the baby brother uh, like halfway through the second act and then show that he would not be a great big brother uh, because he didn't consider all of the intricacies of what being an older sibling entails. So rather than Bart uh, getting uh, uh, Charlie two-thirds of the way episode, give some more time to Bart spending time with Charlie as a little brother and all the trouble they get into and Bart realizing that, oh – this is a lot tougher than I thought kind of thing. And then you would also have more time to spend getting Bart out of the situation rather than having the Hugh Hauser stuff, the climate change stuff, the South Park parody, the Nelson stuff. All that stuff could have been cut and you could have been more time showing Bart interacting with Charlie. That would have been way more interesting what's going on here. Yes, I, I agree. And I think we're. it's not that this isn't interesting. It is interesting, but we just don't get enough time. Um, so Bart is showing Charlie around and I think you can easily turn the fact that Charlie, a pro- Charlie's a prop to Bart into m- plot points into story beats because it feels like, Oh, he doesn't recognize him as a, 
actually as family at this point. He's just a person that is a stand-in for what a brother should be to him. And what you said, Matt, like he could realize over time that, oh, wait, this is a living, breathing human. They have feelings. And he's probably very vulnerable because he's an orphan. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. And that is Bart having a flaw that is, in the end, makes us kind of empathize with him because that is how you empathize with with characters. They have flaws that they show vulnerability. Um, So Charlie is following Bart around. We go, we see Homer, we see the schoolyard. um, And then finally we go to the quickie mart where we finally see Lisa discover that, that Charlie's hanging around. So Lisa, how do you like sharing a bathroom with two brothers? Two brothers? Bart, who is this kid? Be cool, be cool. He's an orphan, you know, just like Annie. Except he's a dude and he hates tomorrow. I hate it so much. Bart, you have to take him back. You're just jealous because now I've got what you've got with Maggie. Only better because we're dudes with toods. Kids, calm down. Here, have a not very berry blast. It goes great with our not on candy. And and this what, what what kind of joke is that, Robbie? I, I just I, I don't. It's like it's like the Quickie Mart is off brand stuff. That's the joke, but it's not very good. Um, all the jokes that I I think are good in this are all again character based jokes. It is Lisa's little zinger about you can have my brother, but he's kind of an idiot. It is you know it's the little cute scenes with Maggie like you know playing uh, like doing like little act play acting with in front of Bart and Charlie. It is. Bart literally yelling good grief or like it's like doing a Charlie Brown type thing. I like I laugh like I think that stuff's all cute and funny. And this joke is just like it's it's going for just like, oh, we need a quickie mart joke. Um, well, they have off brand stuff, so we're gonna do not candy. Like, that's not even a bad like that's not even I would not it that's not that you're like this is a televised comedy show, man. Like if someone said that at my D&D table, I'd be like, oh, that's bad. But I wouldn't, you know, but when you're putting it on television, like, you got to have higher standards, man. You got to, like, do better. You can do better than that. Um, but this does, again, this is Lisa going, like, no, Bart, we can't, you can't just take in a brother. It doesn't work. Like, this is the, the peak into, like, oh, the maturity that Lisa has that Bart doesn't. Where Lisa's like, no, Bart, we can't take in this boy. Like, this is a, a human, like, and he has probably, like, he's in an orphanage. You can't just, he's not your brother all of a sudden. And Bart doesn't really think of it that way. And, like, it starts, and and it starts getting interesting. Because Bart takes Charlie to a horror movie. He takes him to uh, Sever? Sever 5? Sever 5, yes. Sever 5. This is a clear reference to Saw and the many Saw sequels. Um, Bart... They buy tickets to a kid's movie and then sneak into the, the, the horror movie. And Bart loves it. He loves the horror movie. But Charlie is terrified. He's terrified of it because he's a kid. He's not desensitized to it the way that Bart is. Um, Charlie's scared the entire way home. He's waiting for a boogeyman to come and get him. And this is like this is when you start seeing that you're talking about, Matt, with like Bart kind of getting in over his head where he's like, oh, no, I don't know what to do here um and 
you need more, but we need kind of more of this. We need more of this relationship with Bart and Charlie, where we start to see cracks grow between them, and both. And like Charlie going, like, man, I don't. I thought you'd be a good brother, man, and you're you're not. You scared me. Like you got to, yeah. and like it that like there's, but they just there's no time for it because immediately on their way home they are scared by Wiggum, uh, jumping out of a bush yelling at them basically, uh, and that is when we go to commercial at 17 minutes and 52 seconds. Our final commercial. And when we come back, we actually get a fairly substantive fourth act because generally this is like a minute and a half to wrap things up, followed by the credits. But today it's actually you know a good three four minutes of stuff. So Charlie goes along with Wiggum saying, oh, you know, Bart took me from the orphanage and, you know, kidnapped me and, and is doing all these horrible things to me. Uh, but it's basically a ploy so that he can steal Wiggum's pepper spray, pepper spray Wiggum in the face, and they run away. Uh, Wiggum gives chase eventually, uh, and they hide in a snowdrift. There is a whole bunch of snow built up around the Jebediah Springfield statue, and Bart and Charlie uh, basically dig their way in. Uh, and they're planning on hiding out there. And Bart is about to basically given Charlie the idea of what life is going to be like on the road uh, away from, you know, all their normal stuff uh, when Lisa intervenes. Now, Charlie, we'll have to live off what we find in the garbage. Banana strings, muffin liners. But it'll be cool because it's just you and me. Hello, Bart. <gasps> How did you find us? You left a trail of lost winter clothes. Are you going to turn us in? No. I'm going to convince you to turn yourselves in. Never. Never, huh? What are you going to eat? Snow. God's cotton candy. Hmm? Snow. Hmm? Better change your mind quick, Bart. A snowplow's coming to seal us in. The Plow King lives! And Bart, maybe Charlie can't be your little brother, but you'll always be a big brother to me. Please don't send me back, Bart. This was the best day of my life. Don't worry, me and Charlie have one thing you'll never have. Point and shoot, bro. Point and shoot. Gross, 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 gross. Hey, you're alive, aren't you? I wish I weren't. So, yes, in several callbacks, we get the Plow King, uh, and we get the point and shoot line from earlier. Uh, So, at, at this point, all that's left is to... You know, wind everything down. Uh, we don't get to see any of this. We want to see Bart saying goodbye. We want to uh, get to see Bart. Uh, we want to see Charlie go to the uh, back to the orphanage or whatever. The only thing we see is the next day, Bart goes to the orphanage to say to say hi to Charlie, but he has already been adopted uh, into a family with six sisters instead of just two. And then we get a good thirty seconds of uh, this Charlie's six new sisters asking him all kinds of crazy questions and him begging Bart to save him. Yes, definitely couldn't have used that on Bart saying goodbye to Charlie. No, we have to use it on jokes about having sisters. I Matt, like what this is so disappointing. When I like I've been talking about this episode this entire time. Like, oh man, look at all this good stuff it does. Look at this. I like this. I like that. And then this is just it, it just again, it just throws it all away. Like, and it's not even that Lisa like from that moment, Lisa finds him in the snowdrift and she's like, Hey Bart, we need to we need to, you know, you need to take charlie back we never really get how old is charlie did they even ever say how old charlie is i don't believe so uh he looks to be about lisa's age maybe a little younger that like yeah yeah that's you get like a general sense of it you don't know really what his age is and that matters a lot especially at this point like there's a big difference in kids between like say six and eight 
in 10. Like those jumps in years makes a difference. And when you don't really know, you don't have a good grasp of what is like, how old is Charlie? How smart is Charlie? What does he know? Like, how does he, how does he feel about being an orphan? Like all those things. We don't know that. And now, and Lisa asked this question and there's nothing about, Oh, Charlie is a, he doesn't feel human anymore. He's just a, a, you know, he's just a plot device at this point again, because he's like, no, no, Bart, don't put, take me back. And you're like, well, he doesn't, Bart doesn't need to do anything. Honestly, Lisa could literally just call someone and say, Hey, we have also kid. true. I, I feel like Charlie could be played by Alfonso, uh, and it would be basically the same thing. Yeah, it's not a big difference. They never give him enough to make him uh, like again. And Jordan, a guy, tries his best, but they just don't give him much. Um, it is at this point he's just like, no, Bart, don't take me back. And they get trapped like for no reason, really. You didn't need to have them trapped. Like, yeah, you have a callback to the point and shoot thing where they pee their way out of the snowdrift, um, but there's no scene where Bart says goodbye to Charlie. There's no scene where Bart explains to Charlie, like you're going to like, he's going to say like Charlie and like, and even if we did have that scene, there's no scenes where we get to know Charlie. So it all feel empty anyway. And maybe that's why they didn't bother because they're like, Oh, we didn't develop Charlie very much. So we shouldn't have a goodbye scene because it wouldn't mean anything. But I would, if I had that question in my mind, I'd be like, well, let's go back and write scenes that make us feel like Charlie's a person. And then actually write a goodbye scene where, where, because over the course of the episode, in theory, we'd get to know Charlie and and we learn Charlie's an awesome kid, and maybe Bart, like he, get, Bart realizes, like I'm not, I, I haven't been a brother, a big good big brother, and I don't think I would be a good big brother, even if you we did adopt you. Um, exactly, you have to show Bart learning and growing from this, which we are completely cheated out of. Yeah, we don't get anything because it literally is him showing up the next. Day. We don't see Charlie go sadly going back to the orphanage. We just get him being kind of annoyed by six sisters being taken away in a van. And then we watched Homer and Bart watch a horror movie for 30 seconds where, you know, they, and like, I'll say this, Matt, like that scene, like that, that ending scene where they're watching the horror movie is charming in a certain way because it's like, it reminds me of when I would go watch a movie with my dad, you know, and we'd bond over it and, you know, we'd react to things in the movie and be like, Oh my God. And all that stuff. Um, that's, that's I like that, but it doesn't really fit in this episode. I would. Why doesn't this end with Bart and Lisa and Maggie doing a thing together? Well, yeah, because that, that way it shows that Bart can have the same kind of thing he would have had with a brother with his sisters if he wants to. And also, like, I don't want Homer to be the brother. Homer is a dad. Like that's I, it. Just emblemized like that same thing where like they just write Homer like a kid. And like, I want him to be an adult and you did it earlier in the episode multiple times. And this point is just like, no, Homer's Bart's brother. I'm like, no, no, he's not. I don't, it's like, and like there's potential here, but then it's, it's, it kind of flounders. It falls on his face. It does not stick the landing once again. What a surprise. Uh, so yeah, that is, that is the end of our episode. <laughs> yes. We will rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, sadly, no, no. I, I mean, you, we just you, you've heard us talk about it for 
how we could make it better. But I don't think it's a broken episode. It's still watchable. No, because the, the, the core of this episode is actually a really interesting concept, and it's really just let down by the execution. There's, it's not broken. It's just, okay, we have this idea, but we don't know how to wrap it up really well, so we'll, we'll cut that off, and then we'll put in a bunch of stupid filler. And it's it happens so often. I have to wonder what their process is or was. I I mean, it's I no time. They just don't have the time to rewrite things, I guess, because I would I guess. Yeah, it's like I, there are 22 episodes in, a, in an average season and the year is 52 weeks long. I and mean, you could spend two weeks on each individual script and still have lots of weeks left over for holidays. I just that seems to be long enough. Well, I, that's assuming that writers are only writing that. I mean, that's fair. I'm assuming that some of the writers have tasks that aren't strictly just writing episodes. They're probably also responsible for other other things involving the produce, production of a of, of a show. Like they have to attend table reads. They have to, you know, they have to talk, presumably talk to the voice actors from time to time. If in some cases, maybe talk to the animators and talk to, you know, you have to assist in different steps in creation of an episode and not just actually write it, even though the writing part is the most important part. I don't know, but it's not broken, um, which is good. I prefer an episode not to be broken. Personally, it, it's better that way. It's easier to fix. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Uh, comments of the news group is where I ask our patrons to leave their reviews for an episode. I read them on air. Um, they were, I, I think, largely more negative than we are, Matt, on this one. Ah, that's, that's surprising because, yeah, I expected to be very negative on this. And honestly, I it came across as better. Like as I was watching, I'm like, okay, this this is actually a pretty good episode. It just has some stuff that needs to be fixed. So I'm not surprised. I mean, I think it is just largely like I think we are very desperate for things to just <laughs> That's be, true. just to be okay. Like fine. Like I'm at this point, like oh, it's fine. It's not manatees. You know, it's not vomiting manatees. It's not drunk driving homer blaming a dui on marge it's not the worst you know it's not inc- there's no racism in this like the most offensive thing is the nelson jokes and that's just really hacky kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's not problematic you know there's no racism homophobia transphobia which like there was a couple years there about like every episode have it every episode and this one no not really First from Tauschen, major problem in this episode is laziness and cruelty. Now, there are a multitude of reasons why Charlie can't stay. Bart is far too irresponsible to be a good influence on him. Family's finances are stretched far enough with five members, let alone six. Would have fine, it, it would have been fine if any of those were used instead. Lisa tries to overrule the brotherly bond that Bart and Charlie have by appealing to the bond that she has with Bart. Same bond that she herself bragged didn't exist in the beginning of the episode. So the thing that caused the problem also solved it. One of the things I find disturbing about the show is how much the family would gleefully state, even to Bart's face, they don't care about him, only to turn around and stress the importance of family the moment they need something from him. Bart always falls for it. It's always treated as heartwarming instead of cruel and manipulative. Also, what is Charlie's happy ending, you ask, suffering the fate Bart so dreaded? Eh, he'll be fine. Those, they're rich. They look, that family was rich. So he, Yeah, Charlie, like, if they, they already have six kids and they're going for a seventh one, he'll be fine. I'm, I'm also presuming that I mean, he'll have at least have food and, you know, a roof over his head and he won't be stuck in an orphanage and I have a nice bed, his own bedroom, hopefully, you know, I hope they don't lump him in with the girls. That'd be kind of, that would be a little cruel. Um, from Tim, I was very frustrated by this episode as the subject matter could have helped make it a classic. It's an unplanned firstborn with two younger sisters. I can certainly relate to Bart's situation. What's 
and what to do, what not to do. The plot could have centered around Homer and Marge contemplating adoption, doing research, and ultimately electing to not do what they see when they see other similar families have undergone. But no, instead we get to see two of the worst tropes in recent years, the celebrity name-dropping, an incredibly lazy one-note joke relating to another cartoon. I'll give it the lazy ranking emanating from another expression, number 365, and not canon. How do you fix it? Drop the Mannings and the Smothers, and replace with the Simpsons interviewing someone played by an actual actor, say, Nev Campbell. I mean, <laughs> I, I also have a soft spot for the Smothers Brothers, even if they're, I, they're very, I don't know, they probably would have fit perfectly in with the 90s Simpsons, but they really stick out like a sore thumb in this era of the Simpsons. Very true. Yeah, they would have fit right in with, like, you know, the Steve Allen references in the 90s and stuff like that. This that's It's right there. Um, from Derek. The strangest thing about the HD era is that lethargy that permeates every episode. Even when the episode is unrelentingly awful, it's still so forgettable. I've seen this one before and remember nothing. In a few days, I'll have no recollection of it once again. It's got a lot of the same problems that keep cropping up and will continue to do so. There's an overabundance of expository dialogue, an out-of-character part, and jokes that even the worst canned laughter sitcoms would be too embarrassed to leave in. Same old, same old. I'm not sure I would say it's out of character, Bart. Would you, would you say it's out of character for Bart? I mean, I I think it's not necessarily out of character. I think that's the problem is that, I mean, it, it I think it contributes to what we were saying is that they don't add in the justification for all this. Like they, That's true because I, I think the, the one big leap is that Bart would want a little brother to have that connection with somebody else. We don't, we don't get a idea of Bart's reasoning for that, which I can see being called out of character, but everything after that I feel like is, is strongly it, when Bart gets a idea of what he wants, the process he follows in this episode is absolutely what he would have done. Yeah, I don't like, it's, it's again, I don't know, I, I it is a thing of when you've been doing watching these bad episodes for so long you start just making they, they're so, like, this is this episode is relatively low on the massive leaps of logic you have to make. Like, they <laughs> that's true, actually. They don't aren't that it's not that bad but is it good no but i i will grade on a curve at this point because for my own sanity honestly um from jj this is another one with a solid premise but poor execution it's kind of boring doesn't handle its time well and charlie's introduced too late into the plot ends up being a mismatch of ideas and jokes stolen from better episodes only serves to emphasize how stale and tired the show feels now i wouldn't call it bad just forgettable and i did appreciate the south park parody uh, and finally, from Dara. Unlike everyone else, I kind of like this episode. I wouldn't call it good, but it stuck to one plot, had some cute moments, and made me chuckle a few times. It was another episode that didn't stick to landing. I had no major issue with it. I enjoyed it enough to be my second best episode of season 21. That's pretty good. Yay. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, you know, Dara, I think, largely agrees with us. Largely. Um, yeah. We can move on uh, to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? The listener question week this week is, what is your favorite Nev Campbell movie or project, TV show, whatever? Uh, thank you for everyone who took the time to answer. Matt, take it away. All right, first up, Alex. Easily the Scream series. She owned the Sydney role all the way up to... Uh, Scream or Five Cream or whatever you want to call it. Scream 2022. Mm-hmm. Curious if she'll at least have a cameo in Scream 6 or Scream VI, I guess. Uh, next up from Andy. Outside Scream, I'm going with the 98 uh, classic Wild Thing that also included Kevin Bacon and Denise Richards. Oh, man, Andy. Okay, if you say so. Uh, I need to, I, next here, up. to be fair, Matt, I need to rewatch that. 
and actually pay attention to the movie, and maybe it's good. That's true. It's very possible because otherwise, yeah, about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> next up from uh, Dara, after looking at her IMDb, I'll go with the only thing I've seen her in, Are You Afraid of the Dark? How my 38-year-old would still haven't seen a single screen movie. <laughs> I like if you. I'll say this: if you're if you're listening and you haven't seen at least the original Scream, like from the '90s, Scream's great. It's a great horror movie. It really is. I actually saw it for the first time this year. I forget was that for the podcast or not? I can't. No, remember. it is not, Matt. No, okay. you just watched that. On your own. I can't remember why I watched it, but I finally watched because I've never seen it. And it's actually really good. I was yeah, very impressed. It's, it's it's really it's a really good horror movie, and it it plays with the tropes of of what you expect from a movie like that, and and has some twists and turns. It has good acting for a horror movie like that. It's definitely you know out of the sequels, eh, give or take, but the first one definitely go see it if you haven't. Indeed. Uh, next up from Derek. Scream 3 was always my favorite as a kid and was so shocked to learn how maligned it is among the fandom. Campbell is so good in it, though, and I just love her line when she confronts Ghostface, pulls the gun up and says, it's your turn to scream. Fires. Next up from Tim. Somewhat surprisingly, I've witnessed very few of her efforts. Her SNL appearance was rather forgettable, and although she apparently appeared on Mad Men, I don't recall anything specific about that either. So that regrettably leaves her Leanne Harvey on House of Cards, where she was adequate. There you go. Uh, next up from uh, Friend of the Pod The Andrew Blog uh, Shout out to her One scene wonder appearance In Mad Men As Don Draper's airline, Airplane seatmate On a flight back From California The two of them Are each dealing With a certain distance From their spouses And she's superb In one of those sad Soulful vignettes The show does so well Isn't that all Of what Mad Men is <laughs> um, From uh, at 138 bit scream the 1996 one not the 2022 <laughs> one that was the fifth one but was just called scream the first one was the best one robbie what is your answer i cannot yeah the, for that i would uh, i i have not seen scream 2022 um uh, largely because i just don't expect it to be better than number one and did we no. need it okay um even though it has some people in it i like i'm gonna i i i just hey I, i'm a horror writer I love horror movies. I just talked about how Scream's great. But in the interest of picking something that isn't Scream, I'm going to pick The Craft. Because I think The Craft is also Ooh. really good. I think The Craft is really good. Robbie. What, what, is, what is this, man? Had what is it? You, had, you had to take mine. I was like, everyone said The Craft. I got, or everyone said Scream. Now I have to take The Craft. And then you take mine. Jeez. Oh, what's your answer, Matt? It was. It's also The Craft. Because that's a, <laughs> a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. There's a lot of schlock in the late 90s. But... The Scream and The Craft were both surprisingly good when I watched them when I was older. Yeah, I mean, The Craft holds up. It, it is not, I wouldn't call that dated at all. It it nails that kind of high school dynamic and the, the appeal of like an in-group. It doesn't really necessarily matter about anything else, like the supernatural stuff and things like that. They're secondary. Like the appeal of that is really like how you feel when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, join this little in-group and suddenly I belong and then oh no what happens when I the, you know cracks start to form and that that is really the appeal of that of, of the craft uh, but obviously Scream's great and I would you should I just told you how you should go watch it so you should go watch it uh our next question next week's question going back to the Simpsons questions your idea we have Charlie in this one Matt and I think with a little work, you could make Charlie into a reoccurring character, a reoccurring supporting character of some sort. So I, next week's question, what is your idea for a new Simpsons supporting reoccurring character? You know, who they are, where they belong in the town, 
how what role would they fit into the show? I I don't know if we've asked this one before or something. And at least I think we've asked something similar. But in any case, it's been a while because my memory has failed me. So give us your ideas. And if the Simpsons are listening, give give we'd like writing credit, please. For this, if you're gonna, <laughs> yes, indeed. If if you if you got better, give us writing credit. Okay, okay. Um, you can find this question on our social media: Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail dot com, and you can answer the question on our Patreon, which is Patreon dot com slash The Simpsons Show. It's time to move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge was where Matt and I challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. Matt has a two-point lead on me this season, but I went hard on him last week. I'm going to go hard on him again today. So I have to. I have to, Matt. It's the only way I can even have a chance. Um, Oh, okay. It's the only way to overcome my own stupidity. (laughs) You say so. I do want to say, I want to point this out. I didn't point it out last week, but uh, while my wife and I were visiting Florida for the holidays, we did trivia with Matt and his wife. And guess who came in number one? We did. Because we're be- when with our powers combined. <laughs> That's true. We know about things that it isn't just The Simpsons. <laughs> Not just The Simpsons. Um, okay, Matt. You ready for an easy question? Ready. In Brother from the Same Planet... What is the name of the child Homer mentors? Uh, oh, uh, I remember Homer calls him Pepsi, so I'm going to go with Pepe. Y- yes, it's Pepe. Okay. It's not Pe- yes, it's- I don't know why one of those. <laughs> it's Pepsi. Uh, it's Pepsi, obviously, yes. All right, so your uh, easy question. What was the name of the bully in Bye Bye Nerdy? Oh, no, Matt. Oh, man. You know, I, I originally had this as my medium question. I'm like, no, that's too easy. He'll get that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's a Scully year episode. I don't the, Like, I know I can picture her in my mind. Like, I can see her. Like, I, exactly what she looks like. Her name? It's a girl. Uh, but I will just be guessing a girl name. So, I, I, like, I'm trying to like, like think of a good little girl name. That's not a name from anyone else in the show. Mary. Sorry, Robbie. It's Francine. Yeah. I don't, like, again, total just, I'm just guessing. I have no, I don't worry. All I remember from Bye Bye Nerdy is girl, big girl nerd. Lisa tries to be your friend. And then they have the incredibly stupid plot point that Lisa discovers that nerd tears or sweat, nerd sweat and tears and liquid from a body are what drives bullies to be bullies. And I have a feeling if we rewatched the episode today, we'd rank it lower than we did. Because that is a colossally stupid plot point. You are 100% correct there. Yes. Your medium question, Matt. Uh, Krusty makes an appearance on quote-unquote SNL in Brother from the Same Planet and mentions he's starring in a new movie. Who co-stars with Krusty in this new movie? Oh, gosh. Um... Marvin Hamlish? <laughs> it's two people, Matt. So give me one more guess. Oh, is it? Oh, um, uh, Ernest Borgnine. It's very, you're right. This is, this is, this is very funny. Uh, the answers are Marvin Hagler, 
who is a prof- who was a professional boxer, rest in peace. Okay. And Tova Borgnine. Tova Borgnine. Who the hell is Tova? Okay. Tova Borgnine is Ernest Borgnine's wife. Was Ernest Borgnine's wife. They are both both passed long ago. Um, Tova Borgnine was not an actress. So <laughs> that was the I that was the joke that Tova Borgnine was a boxer and a she was known for her perfumes. She sold perfumes and actually was like sold one of her perfumes to QVC for millions of dollars, the rights to it. Um, but she was not an actress, as far as I can tell. So Krusty was co-starring in a movie with a boxer and the wife of an actress who was known for a perfume lady. Uh, okay. I don't know what you call those. I'm sure there's a job for people who design perfumes, but whatever. Um, that's the joke. But it is a very hard question for my medium question. The hard question is even harder. Oh, goodness. I know. All right. Well, uh, your medium question. What deity does Homer suggest Apu and Manjula replace with a booty, uh, with a Buddha as part of the B plot? With a booty? That's a different religion altogether, right? Uh, <laughs> indeed. It is one of the ones I worship, though. Um, one of the, the one of the altars I worship at. Um, the B plot? <laughs> What's there's a I don't you're like I don't remember the B plot at all. Um, Ganesh. Oh, I'm sorry, to Shiva. She's got all the, uh, the the pointy bits with all the extra arms. I I know who she, I like of the very little I know about uh, uh, about deities, non Christian deities. Shiva is one of the ones I do know about, probably because I've read Marvel comics. Um, your hard question, Matt. What's the phone number for Bigger Brothers? I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I have no clue. It is KL five two two three three. Okay. Fair enough. It's on, it's on screen, briefly. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. good, good. Mm-hmm. All right. Your hard question. Mm. What is the name of the conference that Lisa presents her nerd sweat findings at? Man, I'm not going to get any points this week. It's going to be real sad. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they bothered. Um, the Stan- Stanford Biomedical uh, Conference. I'm sorry, Robert. Is the twelfth annual big science thing? I'm Matt. That makes me angry. <laughs> Just you saying those words makes me so I angry. I know. Doesn't it what make you want to throw something? <laughs> I'm so angry just hearing that. Like big science. Ugh, God, they can't even try. Like they, there's not even an air of realism. It's just like, oh, it's nerd sweat, big science thing. This is all we got. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna move. We're moving. A bye bye nerdy down forty five positions just now. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was trying to do. I mean, it's best if we just leave it be. I got zero points today because Matt Matt like talks about how sadistic like I am. He asked me the name of that nerd of the of that nerd the bully from that that terrible episode. I don't even like. I can't tell you anything, Matt. I can't like Francine. Why? Like she's a character. All she does is just punch Lisa, right? That's all she does. As far as I know, she yeah, has no character. She's there, like there's literally no characterization to her because they've narrowed it down so that it's because Lisa sweat that he, she beat her up, which is the stupidest thing in the world. Is ultimately actually very dismissive to bullying and about the origins of bullying. But whatever, I'm already getting angry about an episode we watched probably three, four years ago at this point. That's it for trivia this week. I'm angry because Matt had asked me questions about that bad episode. We can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode 
ever. Best episode ever. It's a part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Let's see, Matt. Let's see. I'm trying to trying to find a spot for it. Um, I think it's lower than that. I would put this somewhere in the 260s. 260s. What is right around that? I think it's... I, I firmly, in my mind, think it is below Eeny, huh. Teeny, Maya, Mo. I, I would definitely agree with that. I think it's below that. And I think it is above Marge's Sun Poisoning. Okay. I think it is above that. I think it is in that window for me, where it has... Um, I think it's better than like Pranks and Greens was a recent episode that had this same kind of a potential potential. I think this does a better job of of getting to Bart. Like it's also a Bart episode. And I think this episode it does a better job than that one does. So I'm gonna put it substantially higher than that one. I, I like think thought about it seriously. I'm like, I think this is better than Homer's Odyssey, which Homer's Odyssey is like this kind of very bland, you know primitive Simpsons. Uh and I think it's better than that. But I I think I've narrowed it down. That's where I would put it. Do you agree? Do you can you agree to that window? I absolutely can. Okay. Now, where do we put in that window? Is a is a, a follow up question. Um, yeah. Like okay, Bart to the Future. Is this better or worse than Bart to the Future? Um, it's weird. I have a weird soft spot for Bart to the Future. Quite frankly, I don't know why, but it just. I mean, Bart the Future is mean, not bad. Of it's, Bart of the Future is all right. Um, I think it has a lot of flaws, just like this one does. Um, I, yeah. I think Bart of the Future is better. Um, okay. The Blunder Years. Hmm. Honestly, I kind of want to put that this one above that one, because that one just goes off in some weird directions with the Yaki T and the weird stage magician. I feel like this episode, oddly enough, kind of sticks more to its plot than that one does. Um. um hmm. Yeah, I I think I just I think the blunders all the charm is in it is like the, how the young kids are portrayed. Like there's there is a lot of charm in it, and the fact that we like you know Wayland Smithers Senior gives you know he basically sacrifices himself, and like there is some humanity there. Um, there's the least of the I was like I was looking at episodes around it too, and trying to get it like a like below that is Lisa the Drama Queen, which is like the. Uh, Heavenly Creatures parody, which doesn't quite get there. I think this is better than Lisa the Drama Queen to me. So that I would it, definitely agree with that. So I think the question is, is this better or worse than the Blunder Years? I think they're very comparable, um, very heavily flawed episodes. I'm good with that. I'm trying to think. Is it better than the Blunder Years? I mean, I think it is, but I'm not like married to that because as long as it's not as as long as it's below Bart the Future and above Marge Gamer, I think that's a, anywhere in there really you could get me to agree with. I yeah, uh, I think I I think I'm with you. I think that I would put this above the Blunder Years. I think honest, like they're both like the same kind of feeling of like they're not quite there. They're missing stuff. There's a lot of like I think this is more consistent, and I think if we watch rewatch the Blunder Years, there probably would be like weird some sort of weird racism or cultural appropriation or something. Cause there's seemingly all of that stuff starting in that, in those air, in that era where like every show was trying to be South, every animated show was trying to be South Park for some reason. No, that's the wrong thing, Robbie, you big dummy. I've lost track. Where am I? Why did I lose? 
I just wanted to copy paste. See, this is the problem with titles being so freaking long. Oh, brother, where art thou? And you're like, I don't, why do I have to, like, why is it a pun? Why can't it just be Bart wants a brother or Bart gets a brother? Like, why would you not title it just that? Why does the title have to because be funny? They have to be clever now. Why? Why? Does someone I, see I the title? That, someone see the title and go, ah, aha, that's so funny. No, no one does that. Maybe if they, I mean, the writers do probably. Um, so, oh, brother, where Bart thou? Number 264 on the list, right below Bart to the future, right above the blunder years. Uh, new number 74 in a post. Golden Years ranking. Number one is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. Uh, may we never watch an episode worse than it. <laughs> Let's certainly hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. We can uh, We have. We, we, we can wrap this up, but we have one more thing to do before we go. One more question to answer, and that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I think this stays. I definitely do too, because this gets at a, a need that Bart had for uh, something. And it really makes Bart act like an actual human? character who has developed a human. Yes. It makes Bart human, oddly enough for a Simpsons character. And I really appreciated that they were able to develop something about Bart where he's not a sociopath. He's not trying to hurt an adult. He's not trying to do something like that. He's just acting like a 10 year old would act. Yeah, and I, I like honestly, it comes down to the fact that like there are multiple scenes in this that make are filled with humanity, and and make me laugh, um, and are cute, and there's like good character design and stuff in this episode. Like, is it good? No, it's fine. Um, but it doesn't need to be good to stay in the camera. It just needs to be have some stuff in it that's worthwhile. I, I think this does. It's it's worth a watch at least. Um, so that's a yes. No fire in the canyon yet, but we have an episode from higher in the list as we ask the same question and answer it about every single episode on the list. We number 121, Matt, girly edition from season nine. Oh, I like that. I mean, okay. I don't know if I said I like that episode, but that was a pretty good episode. I definitely think that, uh, I mean, you can, you're allowed to like it, Matt. I also like girly edition. I mean, I like yeah. a lot of episodes on this list, um, but girly edition, I, I it's one, tw- it's relatively high in the list. I, I think girly edition's a lot of fun. Um, a good Bart and Lisa episode, honestly, um, has some, a lot of good laughs in it. Girl Edition's really funny. Um, and like, this is like, if you want an episode that like actually skewers like the news, not a bad episode to pick. Like it does a pretty good job of skewering like soft news coverage and how manipulative the news can be. Um, but it uses children to do it. Plus there's Ralph in there. And then there's Ralph. And there's Ralph. Um, so that's a yes, no fire in the cannon this week. That's always nice. That's a nice thing. Um, that'll do it for us. Um, you can find all this stuff on our website. So simpsonshow.com has links to everything we do, right? Yeah, everything we do. Uh, and links to our Patreon, to our RSS feed, to our Twitter. Uh, help support the show on Patreon really helps out helps us out, helps keep the lights on, helps uh, compensate us for the many hours we spend watching terrible, the worst Simpsons ever. Um, our next episode, Thursdays with AB. Thursdays with AB, weird. It's this grandpa meets a human, human interest journalist who writes and publishes grandpa's life stories. It's Thursdays with Maury. Midge album is in the episode. Um, mm. I, oh, Tuesdays with Maury, excuse me. Um, I hate Tuesdays with Maury. What is Tuesdays with Maury? How, are, Matt, do you live in a cave? 
I mean, uh, sometimes I try to. People keep making me get out of it. Tuesdays with Maury, like, okay, do you know who Mitch Album is? Nope. Okay. I like, again, like, I just expect you to, like, I th- like you're a human walking around in the world. I assume <laughs> that you just absorb some information. Tuesdays with Maury was an incredibly popular bestseller novel where it's about Mitch Album talking to a, to a guy named Maury and talks about his life and everything. Um, and the whole book's like, here's life lessons from an old man. And sad, it's sad, and blah, blah, blah. Then there was a movie made with it with Hank Azaria and Jack Lemmon. Hank Azaria, obviously, a Simpsons cast member. Um, but it's uh, Mitch Album is a writer. He's a sports writer first, but then he's wrote Tuesdays with Maury, and he writes other books like it that are just filled with sentimental garbage. That I hate it. I I hate it. Um, uh, it's not, there's no substance to any of it. It's just him. Again, it's just, hey, look, here's some sad. It's like, it's, it's like, you know those movies, Matt? You know those movies where the whole movie is just you're watching a, a dog and it's sad? Like a dog gets lost Vaguely? for a movie. Like a dog gets lost for an hour and a half and so it's sad, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's, there's multiple books. There's books like this that exist too where it's just like, here's a, it's a book about a sad, like a dog. A family adopts a dog and then the dog gets sick. And that's the story of the book. And then like. It's just so on the face manipulative. Like, of course I care about the cute dog. Like, and it's just that same idea. Like, oh, here's a sad story about this guy and it's supposed to be poignant. I'm like, it's, you've lost me. Like, you're just openly manipulating me. There's no art to this. Now I'm just ranting about Tuesdays. This is what, okay, this is going to be, a, here's a shortcut next week, Matt. I'm going to be ranting about Tuesdays with Maury. We'll do a book club for a bonus episode. Then we'll have to read Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, and we'll see how. No, don't make me do that. I have so many things to read. Hey, I'm working through a Murakami novel right now, Matt. Okay, don't tell me. Like, there's like ten thousand pages. I can't with you, Matt. I really, I can't. <laughs> I literally cannot. Like, you're a smart man. You read a lot. I don't. How do you not know who? Okay. Like, if it was just some random schmuck off the street, I don't expect them to know who Murakami is. But you're not. You're like a smart dude. Okay, I don't expect you to have read Murakami, but I expect you to like walk by a novel and go, "Oh yeah, that guy." Nothing. Mm, sorry, Nothing. novels especially, I'm bad at. I'm did, okay, Matt. Did you just say I'm bad at novels? Well, especially okay. How is this a it, modern novel? What do you mean modern? Yeah, it's modern. Murakami is an like, active it author. It was written in the past writes. twenty years. That yeah. like, yes. there is a there is a middle ground. There is like. If you if it's written the last twenty years and yes. it's not like a, a huge hit that the entire world knows about, I'm not going to know about it. I it, I, I mean, Murakami is a very famous uh, among literary circles. He's incredibly famous. Um, I'm going to make you read the Murakami novel now. Uh, no, <laughs> Killing Commendatory is the name of the book. I'm reading just for anyone's curious. Uh, it's very good. You should read it. Uh, it's very long, but that it's fine. It's good to read long books sometimes. I'm I've been out of practice. It's good to read a long book and and get it back into practice. Uh, speaking of novels, I've written some. They're much shorter than than Murakami's novels in general. Uh you should go buy them and read them. They're all horror novels except for one, which is only a it's a genre, still a genre book. It's post book post post apocalyptic book, but uh go check them out. You can read them for free with Kindle Unlimited. They're on my website. They're on Amazon. Wherever you buy books, you'll find them. Search my name. Go to my website, and there's links to everything. All that stuff. 
Uh, Matt does not participate in social media or ever read novels, apparently. Uh, you will not find him. Uh, that is true. What I do is spend all of my time taking care of kittens, except for right now when I'm swamped with work. But if you want to see past incredibly adorable kittens, you can check out Kitten Turns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, or kittenturns.org, where you can see a whole vast collection of the incredible cuteness that exists just outside your door. With that, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.